Hello again. I'm still in Kasoli, enjoying a perfectly good weather. So I thought before I go back, I would love to read another of Mr. Ruskin Bond's gems. Today, I picked up another one of my favorites and it's called Monkey Trouble. Grandfather bought Tutu from a street entertainer for the sum of 10 rupees. The man had 3 monkeys. Tutu was the smallest but the most mischievous. She was tied up most of the time. The little monkey looked so miserable with a collar and chain that grandfather decided it would be much happier in our home. Grandfather had a weakness for keeping unusual pets. It was a habit that I at the age of 8 or 9 used to encourage. Grandmother at first objected to having a monkey in the house. You have enough pets as it is, she said, referring to grandfather's goat, several white mice and a small tortoise. But I don't have any, I said. You're wicked enough for two monkeys. One boy in the house is all I can take. Ah, but Tutu isn't a boy, said grandfather triumphantly. This is a little girl monkey. Grandmother gave in. She had always wanted a little girl in the house. She believed girls were less troublesome than boys. Tutu was to prove her wrong. She was a pretty little monkey. Her bright eyes sparkled with mischief beneath deep-set eyebrows, and her teeth, which were a pearly white, were often revealed in a grin that frightened the wits out of Aunt Ruby, whose nerves had already suffered from the presence of Grandfather's pet python. But this was my grandparents' house, and aunts and uncles had to put up with our pets. Tutu's hands had a dried-up look, as though they had been pickled in the sun for many years. One of the first things I taught her was to shake hands, and this she insisted on doing with all who visited the house. Peppery Major Malik would have to stoop and shake hands with Tutu before he could enter the drawing room. Otherwise, Tutu would climb onto his shoulder and stay there, roughing up his hair and playing with his moustache. Uncle Benji could not stand any of our pets and took a particular dislike to Tutu, who was always making faces at him. But as Uncle Benji was never in a job for long, and depended on grandfather's good-natured generosity he had to shake hands with tutu like everyone else tutu's fingers were quick and wicked and her tail while adding to her good looks grandfather believed a tail would add to anyone's good looks also served as a third hand 
She could use it to hang from a branch and it was capable of scooping up any delicacy that might be out of reach of her hands. On one of Aunt Ruby's visits, loud shrieks from her bedroom brought us running to see what was wrong. It was only Tutu trying on Aunt Ruby's petticoats. They were much too large, of course, and when Aunt Ruby entered the room, all she saw was a faceless white blob jumping up and down on the bed. We disentangled Tutu and soothed Aunt Ruby. I gave Tutu a bunch of sweet peas to make her happy. Granny didn't like anyone plucking her sweet peas, so I took some from Major Malik's garden while he was having his afternoon siesta. Then Uncle Benji complained that his hairbrush was missing. We found Tutu sunning herself on the back veranda using the hairbrush to scratch her armpits. I took it from her and handed it back to Uncle Benji with an apology. But he flung the brush away with an oath. Such a fuss about nothing, I said. Tutu doesn't have fleas. No, and she bathes more often than Benji, said Grandfather, who had borrowed Aunt Ruby's shampoo to give Tutu a bath. All the same, Grandmother objected to Tutu being given the run of the house. Tutu had to spend her nights in the outhouse in the company of the goat. They got on quite well and it was not long before Tutu was seen sitting comfortably on the back of the goat. While the goat roamed the back garden in search of its favourite grass. The day grandfather had to visit Meerut to collect his railway pension decided to take Tutu and me along to keep us both out of mischief, he said, to prevent Tutu from wandering about on the train causing inconvenience to passengers, she was provided with a large black travelling bag. This with some straw at the bottom became her compartment. Grandfather and I paid for our seats and we took Tutu along as hand baggage. There was enough space for Tutu to look out of the bag occasionally and to be fed with bananas and biscuits. But she could not get her hands through the opening and the canvas was too strong for her to bite her way through. Tutu's efforts to get out only had the effect of making the bag roll about on the floor or occasionally jump into the air. An exhibition that attracted a curious crowd of onlookers at the Dera and Meerut railway stations. Anyway, Tutu remained in the bag as far as Meerut. But while Grandfather was producing our tickets at the turnstile, she suddenly poked her head out of the bag and gave the ticket collector a wide grin. The poor man was taken aback, but with great presence of mind and much to grandfather's annoyance, he said, Sir, you have a dog with you? 
you'll have to buy a ticket for it it's not a dog said grandfather this is a baby monkey of the species macaws mischievous closely related to the human species homus horribilis and there is no charge for babies it's as big as a cat said the ticket collector cats and dogs have to be paid for but i tell you it's only a baby protested grandfather have you a birth certificate to prove that demanded the ticket collector next you'll be asking to see her mother snapped grandfather in vain did he take tutu out of the bag in vain did he try to prove that a young monkey did not qualify as a dog or a cat or even as a quadruped tutu was classified as a dog by the ticket collector and 5 rupees were handed over as her fare then grandfather just to get his own back took from his pocket the small tortoise that he sometimes carried about and said and what must i pay for this since you charge for all creatures great and small the ticket collector looked closely at the tortoise prodded it with his forefinger gave grandfather a triumphant look and said no charge sir it is not a dog winters in north india can be very cold a great treat for tutu on winter evenings was the large bowl of hot water given to her by grandfather for a bath tutu would cunningly test the temperature with her hand then gradually step into the bath first one foot then the other as she had seen me doing until she was in the water up to her neck once comfortable she would take the soap in her hands or feet and rub herself all over when the water became cold she would get out and run as quickly as she could to the kitchen fire in order to dry herself if anyone laughed at her during this performance tutu's feelings would be hurt and she would refuse to go on with the bath one day tutu almost succeeded in boiling herself alive grandmother had left a large kettle on the fire for tea and tutu all by herself and with nothing better to do decided to remove the lid finding the water just warm enough for a bath she got in with her head sticking out from the open kettle this was fine for a while until the water began to get heated tutu raised herself a little but finding it cold outside she sat down again she continued hopping up and down for some time until grandmother returned and hauled her half boiled out of the kettle what's for tea today asked uncle benji gleefully 
boiled eggs and a half boiled monkey but tutu was none the worse for the adventure and continued to bathe more regularly than uncle benji aunt ruby was a frequent taker of baths this met with tutu's approval so much so that one day when aunt ruby had finished shampooing her hair she looked up through a lather of bubbles and soap suds to see tutu sitting opposite her in the bath following her example one day aunt ruby took us all by surprise she announced that she had become engaged we had always thought aunt ruby would never marry she had often said so herself but it appeared that the right man had now come along in the person of rocky fernandez a school teacher from goa rocky was a tall firm-jawed good-natured man a couple of years younger than aunt ruby he had a fine baritone voice and sang in the manner of the great nelson eddy as grandmother liked baritone singers rocky was soon in her good books but what on earth does he see in her uncle benji wanted to know more than any girl has seen in you snapped grandmother ruby is a fine girl and they're both teachers maybe they can start a school of their own rocky visited the house quite often and brought me chocolates and cashew nuts of which he seemed to have an unlimited supply he also taught me several marching songs naturally i approved of rocky aunt ruby won my grudging admiration for having made such a wise choice one day i overheard them talking of going to the bazaar to buy an engagement ring i decided i would go along too but as aunt ruby had made it clear that she did not want me around i decided that i had better follow at a discreet distance tutu becoming aware that a mission of some importance was underway decided to follow me but as i had not invited her along she too decided to keep out of sight once in the crowded bazaar i was able to get quite close to aunt ruby and rocky without being spotted i waited until they had settled down in a large jewelry shop before sauntering past and spotting them as though by accident aunt ruby wasn't too pleased at seeing me but rocky waved and called out come and join us help your aunt choose a beautiful ring the whole thing seemed to be a waste of good money but i did not say so Aunt Ruby was giving me one of her more unloving looks. Look, these are pretty, I said, pointing to some cheap bright agates set in white metal. But Aunt Ruby wasn't looking. She was immersed in a case of diamonds. 
Why not a ruby for Aunt Ruby? I suggested trying to please her. That's her lucky stone, said Rocky. Diamonds are the thing for engagements. And he started singing a song about a diamond being a girl's best friend. While the jeweler and Aunt Ruby were sifting through the diamond rings and Rocky was trying out another tune, Tutu had slipped into the shop without being noticed by anyone but me. A little squeal of delight was the first sign she gave of her presence. Everyone looked up to see her trying on a pretty necklace. And what are those stones? I asked. They look like pearls, said Rocky. They are pearls, said the shopkeeper, making a grab for them. It's that dreadful monkey, cried Aunt Ruby. I knew that boy would bring him here. The necklace was already adorning Tutu's neck. I thought she looked rather nice in pearls, but she gave us no time to admire the effect. Springing out of her reach, Tutu dodged around Rocky, slipped between my legs and made for the crowded road. I ran after her, shouting to her to stop, but she wasn't listening. There were no branches to assist Tutu in her progress, but she used the heads and shoulders of people as springboards and so made rapid headway through the bazaar. The jeweler left his shop and ran after us. So did Rocky. So did several bystanders who had seen the incident. And others who had no idea what it was all about joined in the chase. As grandfather used to say, in a crowd, everyone plays follow the leader, even when they don't know who's leading. Not everyone knew that the leader was Tutu. Only the front runners could see her. She tried to make her escape speedier by leaping onto the back of a passing scooterist. The scooter swerved into a fruit stall and came to a standstill under a heap of bananas while the scooterist found himself in the arms of an indignant fruit seller. Tutu peeled a banana and ate part of it before deciding to move on. From an awning, she made an emergency landing on a washerman's donkey. The donkey promptly panicked and rushed down the road, while bundles of washing fell by the wayside. The washermen joined in the chase. Children on their way to school decided that there was something better to do than attend classes. With shouts of glee, they soon overtook their panting elders. Tutu finally left the bazaar and took a road leading in the direction of her house. But knowing that she would be caught and locked up once she got home, she decided to end the chase by ridding herself of the necklace. Deftly removing it from her neck, she flung it in the small canal that ran down the road. The jeweler 
with a cry of anguish plunged into the canal so did rocky so did i so did several other people both adults and children it was to be a treasure hunt some 20 minutes later rocky shouted i've found it covered in mud water lilies ferns and tadpoles we emerged from the canal and rocky presented the necklace to the relieved shopkeeper everyone trudged back to the bazaar to find aunt ruby waiting in the shop still trying to make up her mind about a suitable engagement ring finally the ring was bought the engagement was announced and a date was set for the wedding i don't want that monkey anywhere near us on our wedding day declared aunt ruby we'll lock her up in the outhouse promised grandfather and we let her out only after you've left for your honeymoon a few days before the wedding i found tutu in the kitchen helping grandmother prepare the wedding cake tutu often helped with the cooking and when grandmother wasn't looking added herbs spices and other interesting items to the pots so that occasionally we found a chili in the custard or an onion in the jelly or a strawberry floating in the chicken soup sometimes these additions improved the dish sometimes they did not uncle benji lost a tooth when he bit firmly into a sandwich which contained walnut shells i'm not sure exactly what went into that wedding cake when grandmother wasn't looking she insisted that tutu was always very well behaved in the kitchen but i did spot tutu stirring in some red chili sauce bitter goat seeds and a generous helping of eggshells it's true that some of the guests were not seen for several days after the wedding but no one said anything against the cake most people thought it had an interesting flavor the great day dawned and the wedding guests made their way to the little church that stood on the outskirts of dera a town with a church two mosques and several temples i had offered to dress tutu up as a bridesmaid and bring her along but no one except grandfather thought it was a good idea so i was an obedient boy and locked tutu in the outhouse i did however leave the skylight open a little grandmother had always said that fresh air was good for growing children and i thought tutu should have her share of it the wedding ceremony went without a hitch aunt ruby looked a picture and rocky looked like a film star grandfather played the organ and did so with such gusto that the small choir could hardly be heard grandmother cried a little i sat quietly in a corner with the little tortoise on my lap 
When the service was over, we trooped out into the sunshine and made our way back to the house for the reception. The feast had been laid out on tables in the garden. As the gardener had been left in charge, everything was in order. Tutu was on her best behavior. She had, it appeared, used the skylight to avail of more fresh air outside and now sat beside the three-tier wedding cake, guarding it against crows, squirrels and the goat. She greeted the guests with squeals of delight. It was too much for Aunt Ruby. She flew at Tutu in a rage. And Tutu, sensing that she was not welcome, leapt away, taking with her the top tier of the wedding cake. Led by Major Malik, we followed her into the orchard, only to find that she had climbed to the top of the jackfruit tree. From there, she proceeded to pelt us with bits of wedding cake. She had also managed to get hold of a bag of confetti and when she ran out of cake, she showered us with confetti. That's more like it, said the good-humoured Rocky. Now let's return to the party, folks. Uncle Benji remained with Major Malik, determined to chase Tutu away. He kept throwing stones into the tree until he received a large piece of cake bang on his nose. Muttering threats, he returned to the party, leaving the Major to do the battle. When the festivities were finally over, Uncle Benji took the old car out of the garage and drove up the veranda steps. He was going to drive Aunt Ruby and Rocky to the nearby hill resort of Masuri, where they would have their honeymoon. Watched by family and friends, Aunt Ruby climbed into the back seat. She waved regally to everyone. She leant out of the window and offered me her cheek and I had to kiss her farewell. Everyone wished them luck. As Rocky burst into song, Uncle Benji opened the throttle and stepped on the accelerator. The car shot forward in a cloud of dust. Rocky and Aunt Ruby continued to wave to us. And so did Tutu from her perch on the rear bumper. She was clutching a bag in her hands and showering confetti on all who stood in the driveway. They don't know Tutu's with them, I exclaimed. She'll go all the way to Masuri. Will Aunt Ruby let her stay with them? Tutu might ruin the honeymoon, said Grandfather. But don't worry, our Benji will bring her back. Wow! Now that indeed was a special pet. Dear sweet peas, do you have somebody like Tutu at home? That's all from Kasoli. Take care.